you stomp your feet. Everybody do it like me. Left, right, show me what you're doing. We gon' take it to the street. We gon' make you stomp your feet. From the fabulous WSUM Madison Studios, it's Do It Live, hosted by the Do It Geeks. Today's topic is software training for students. Free classes on hardware, software, and networking available to UW students. Joining us in studio, director of STS, Kelly Johansson. Along with our regular geeks, Ty Christian, Adam Wiesenfarth, and Jesse LeGrew. And now, broadcasting live and local on 91.7 FM and streaming worldwide on WSUM.org, please help me welcome my co-host, Ty Christian. Hey, 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 everybody out there, welcome to Do It Live, the most connected radio show on the planet. It's a wonderful Thursday afternoon, 2.03 p.m., and we are here to talk tech to all of you today. So I hope everybody's feeling okay out there. How you guys doing? We got Adam and Adam and Jesse in the studio here, as always. Doing hey guys, well, Ty. doing well? How are you? How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing very, very good. Very good, Jesse. Oh, I'm doing excellent. He's always doing excellent. You can just tell, like you can. He exudes excellence. And also here in the uh, in the studio, we've got with us Kelly Johansson. Well, hello. How's it going? I'm. Fantastic. All right, is everybody is you know it's a lot uh, a lot warmer out today than it was over the I guess over the weekend. Kind of biting bitingly cold, wasn't it? Yeah, I it, it, it was bitingly cold yesterday. It was pretty damn chilly. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Must say. Well, anyway, so today we've got a lot to talk about. We're talking about uh, our our training programs here for students, uh, STS and STT. But first, before we delve into that, let us go to the most critically acclaimed, Pulitzer Prize winning, amazing news segment. That we have on this radio show with Jesse LeGrew. The news. Okay, we'll stop now. Yeah, thanks for the yeah. support, guys. No problem. Um, so, uh, one of the big things uh, kind of just came out this morning uh, really was uh, Apple's new release of their uh, new laptops. There are new MacBooks out, everybody. New Whoa. MacBooks. New MacBooks, MacBook new Pros. MacBook Pros. Uh, some of the big things, and this is something I think uh, many people have been waiting for, they now have you know machines with quad core. Um, Everybody open your wallets right now. <laughs> it's not that bad, actually. I, I'll look it up here in a minute. So quad-core machines. Um, also, uh, one of the additions they have is the uh, the Thunderbolt connector, uh, which is based off of Intel's uh, LightPeak technology. So, And this was you know another thing with Intel, too. So today, they uh, people uh, got a note about it you know several days in advance, but um, they had a, a little press release and a demo of the new technology. Um, it actually offers co- connectivity and throughput up to uh, 10 gigabytes per second. Whoa! Or 10 gigabits gigabits. Per gigabits. Yes. Not there gigabytes. is a difference. What about, about the gigaflops? <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> but, but that's, I mean, right now that's 10 times as fast as the fastest Ethernet that's readily available, right? Sure. <laughs> Trust me, folks, it is. <laughs> so it's, it's really fast. And what that is is it's great for external hard drives because if you need to get data on and off of something very quickly, you want a very fast interconnect. And an external hard drive is probably the prime candidate. I'm looking at a Sapphire Pro 24 audio infer- interface, um, which is something else. Uh, so audio interfaces, video interfaces, uh, things that you might typically think of as a firewire connection uh, is what this is sort of targeted at. And, of course, video, high-def video. Yeah, and I think the, I mean, even when looking at external hard drives or uh, things of that nature, I mean, you're going to come up against the issue where it 
it just doesn't run that fast. I mean, you have this mm -hmm. huge pipe to push anything you want through, um, but the hardware really won't be able to, to give you all that. And you can't find a consumer hard drive out there that's going to give you that throughput. Well, that's um, the bottleneck right now is mostly is the, uh, is the mechanical workings of the hard drive and mm -hmm. not, not actually the, the pipe that you're throwing it through. Yep. So, I mean, you get the, the added benefit of these, you know, this enhanced bus to push as much data as you want. One of the cool things that they had was it allows daisy chaining. So they actually did the demo this morning. Um, what they had, you know, they had a MacBook Pro, plugged into an external hard drive mm -hmm. um, via Thunderbolt. That external hard drive was plugged into a MacBook via Thunderbolt. Oh. The MacBook was plugged into an external display via Thunderbolt. What? And on the original MacBook Pro, you could extend your display on the display connected to the MacBook. Wow. That's pretty cool. And so then can... that was plugged into a toaster, which, <laughs> which made toast for me. I was but... wondering where the daisies plugged in. Oh. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, uh, but so you can have six or seven different devices chained together. Yeah, and they say it's seven devices, and I think that's including, you know, um, any endpoint you have down the chain. So in this case, they had four. Right. Um, and I think they, they also talked about, you know, the end device um, may need to be a display port display. I think it was right. just whether you're using a display or other devices. Yeah. Um, but they're hoping, I mean, this is going to be kind of a universal connector as well. So you can use it with an adapter for DVI, uh, with an adapter for maybe other USB devices. Um, it does offer power as well, just like USB and FireWire. It doesn't offer as much power as FireWire, mm -hmm. but it offers more than USB. Yeah, and the, the great thing about that is then you have this great interconnect that talks to everything, but it uses connectors that we're already using because it's based on based on DisplayPort, which is a standard. Mm -hmm. And we love standards. I love standards. I don't know about you guys, but I certainly do. I love standards. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> Just, I mean, you know, even being able nowadays to plug your... Uh, your mouse or your printer into the same port, I mean, via USB. Oh, I mean, I remember back in the day. I remember back in the do, day do when parallel and serial, serial and, port. And, and DB9. DB9. Oh, that was the best. 10 base 2. Oh, my gosh. Wait, where's my mainframe at, Ty? What? <laughs> Jello. <laughs> what else we got going on in news today, Jesse? Uh, what else? Uh, they do have the new iPad event, uh, March 2nd. Oh, um, is that next Wednesday? Is it? I don't know. Sometime. I think it is. Yeah. So somebody's on the stick here. So there you go. Yeah. Um, and it will. I mean, they're feeling it's going to be a new release of the iPad. It's. I mean, it seems pretty obvious. I, I hope Steve Jobs. I hope they put cameras in it. At least hint, one. Hint. 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 <laughs> At least one, if not two, and they should maybe be high definition, like your new MacBook Pro cameras are too. Mm. <laughs> Convenient. <laughs> But we'll see how that goes. They didn't have a lot of knowledge. There's always a lot of rumors, but I think those have been out there for quite some time. Um, for the the big dorks out there like me, um, Windows Windows Seven Service Pack One is out. What? Yeah. As of it when? Tuesday. Yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah, it came oh, out yesterday. Wednesday. What's up with that? Yesterday is Wednesday. Yeah, they don't, they release their stuff on Tuesday. Everybody releases Tuesday. stuff on Tuesday. It's Patch Tuesday. Yeah. Anyway, but they decided to break and, the mold this yeah. time. So what? So what's what's new and interesting in SP one? It actually may have come out later Tuesday. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I think that well, the first time I saw it was uh, Wednesday, um, and I think there were publications about it on Tuesday. But I don't know if it was actually available on the Windows Update site yet. Um, but as far as new things, I mean, it's not a whole lot of new things. It's a lot of fixes and some enhancements. Hopefully, making Windows Seven run even more uh, fast. Mm, yeah. So. 
but yeah, it's just a huge uh, update. People are recommended to install it. There's a bunch of updates for like remote applications in there as well, which the, you know the the average user may not use, but some of your more power users who like to have. Uh, uh, remote applications, meaning like you you have a you know application living on a server, and then you've got a, another computer that's connected to said server, and then you can open up like multiple instances of Office, for instance. Like you could have Office two thousand three, two thousand seven, two thousand eleven, twenty fifteen. You know, future Office somehow in there. It's nice. you know. Have you have you installed it yet, Jesse? Uh, I did. And it was excellent. <laughs> I have not noticed anything so far. Mainly, I uh, good. It's always good. I mean, whenever you're installing software. Especially if you have to deal with other people's software, yeah. do it yourself to see if it breaks anything, mm-hmm. and then after that, you know, you can kind of find out whether you should actually give it to anyone. Yeah, I've got an office full of machines. We'll be installing that pretty shortly here. Take <laughs> you a really long time to install it. Uh, it actually, I think it took about twenty to thirty minutes. The install was extremely quick, but after the reboot, it took at least I think ten or twenty minutes to. Um, you know, boot up. It does a configuration uh, pre and post update. Um, so that last configuration stage, when it rebooted, it took about ten or twenty minutes. Oh, well, that's good to know. And I think somebody was noting somewhere that it took two hours. Wow. Um, I didn't have that issue, but I guess it depends on exactly what you have in your system, how fast your system is. But yeah, I mean, it it took a while. Yeah, you you're gonna have to you know block out a half an hour, an hour of your day of not using your computer. Well, it's a major operating system upgrade, so that's to be expected. Yep. And I wish there was something like something really you know huge and concrete and cool you know directly about this system update. Maybe I'm just you know maybe I just got spoiled by like the earlier Windows XP <laughs> system packs. But I mean like you know in the early system like Windows XP system pack they like completely overhauled uh, wireless networking or they were you know I mean give me a new version of Solitaire or something <laughs> please something 3D please yeah, come on All and right. they, yeah because they did actually have some fixes for some HDMI connections and some other things. Oh well, well there you go that's, that's um, at least for the things I was looking for there wasn't I mean I was looking for something cool and new and yeah. I, at least for, with some quick browsing I wasn't able to find anything extraordinary <laughs> well so. HDMI support is something noteworthy at least well uh, to me it is to multimedia people it is so we've covered Apple we've covered Microsoft what, uh, what else do we have in the news today uh, let's see well, Google Chrome has new background applications, um, or at least they enhanced it in a way to uh, give you some more benefits. I think it's been in Chromium or Chrome, um, which was based off Chromium. Um, they uh, did, you know, enhance it so can run apps in the background. So you don't always have to have a website open um, to constantly refresh it. It'll actually refresh in the background. You can pop it up. And oh, that's nice. See the latest content. That's really nice. And they had a, a different demo about, I think it was a book or something else, where you could um, load it up and kind of see the demo. Um, I didn't try it myself. So I, do you all use Chrome? A little bit here and there. I am a Firefox guy myself. Yeah, me too. I, like, I, I think Chrome is neat. And, you know, I have a lot of people who use Chrome. Um, and I really don't have anything against it. It's just one of those things where it's like, uh, I guess, you know... Uh, I like all the add-ons that I have, you know, available for Firefox. And I know people are like, well, there's add-ons for Chrome, too, you know. But it's like, well, I've already got these set, and maybe I'm just getting, you know, old and stuck in my ways. But yeah. what, what about you, Kelly? I mean, you guys test out a lot of different stuff. Do you use Chrome at all? Uh, some of the students do, but not me. I'm a Firefoxer. Yeah, and, and my colleagues tell me that it's pretty fast, and that's really what it has going for it is the speed. But I'm not... You know, I, Every I like once my, in a while, it just gets so glitchy. Yeah, I, I like me and my Firefox. So mm-hmm. we got time for one more story. What's going on, Elson News this week, Jesse? No. Uh, well, <laughs> Ty, you got any stories? <laughs> I got. Well, I got. I, I did see one that just came out recently, and this is a sort of, you know, more for the internet nerds out there. But uh, the uh, the hacker group Anonymous 
took down all of Westboro Baptist Church's sites. Uh, actually, while they were live on the air with the Westboro Baptist Church on like a, a video slash radio show. That's Fred Phelps and Company, right? That's Fred Phelps and Company. Yeah, yep. Yep. good so times. It, that was uh, that was quite the thing. the The deal was initially they came out. Uh, the 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 story was is that uh, there was a press release saying that anonymous you know sent out this press release saying, hey, we're going to attack Westboro Baptist Church because of you know their activities and what they do. Now and and then uh, immediately after, almost too quick, there was a uh, there was an email sent out you know by uh, Westboro Baptist Church that says, oh, bring it on, blah 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 blah. Well, anonymous found out that it was actually released. The initial press release was released by Westboro Baptist Church, claiming to be them. In, you know, in order to make them attack Westboro Baptist Church for you know, stuff to people to to sue, basically. So uh, Westboro, so the anonymous said, "Don't you know? Hey, this is a trap. Don't do it. Don't do it." And they kept basically prodding the beast until you know Westboro, until anonymous finally said, "All right, fine." Took all their sites down. Oh, that's <laughs> I, I can't comment on that because I'm going to get in trouble. So. Yeah. There we go. Anyhow, um, we're here talking with Kelly Johansson. She's kindly joining us in studio. She's the director of STS, and that stands for what, Kelly? Software Training for Students. Excellent. Thank you so much. And we really appreciate having here. We also have a couple of your colleagues here. Um, and first, I think we want to talk to Braden. So let's see if we have him here. So in the studio with us, we have Braden Brewington, instructor with STT, STT Core. Student technical training, is that what it is? That's, that's right, but more, uh, more appropriately, I'm an instructor in Dewitt's Professional Technical Education Group. So um, our group teaches on a variety of topics, including office applications, the Microsoft Office Suite. We teach on more specialized applications. For instance, I'm teaching a Final Cut Pro class at the moment. So we do a variety of things. We also do one-on-one -on -one consultations for faculty, staff, um, and on occasion, students um, through our, well, certainly through our uh, software training for students group within PTE as well. Uh, all of those things are covered. So we have a really general curriculum covering hardware, software, and networking. Uh, the Core 1 IT program, part of the SDT program, covers those three topics. We also have a web-based program. Uh, web 1 will cover introductory topics uh, like HTML, CSS, um, all of those introductory topics so a student can get involved uh, in a department helping them develop their website or maintain their website, make changes to it, and uh, give students a chance to utilize Windows Server, uh, Linux in a server environment, also Mac OS X server. And then we also talk more in depth about uh, advanced networking topics. Um, you're, you're really trying to re train my replacements, aren't you? <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> well, we that, that's true. I mean, we're, we're in a campus environment, so we have a lot of turnover, obviously, as students leave campus. Uh, we are trying to train uh, not only replacements but the new generation of campus employees. So, what are the uh, what are one of the benefits of STT? Why should um, anyone be interested in it? Well, that's a good question. I, th I think it's up to uh, the individual student. They need to have their own interest in the topic. A lot of our students come from uh, very different backgrounds. So, we'll have students who are taking history. We'll have students taking uh, hardcore science, and we'll have students taking math languages, all of those things, and we also occasionally get computer science or IT-related students as well. But they all have a common interest in technology, and they want to learn more about the topics that we cover, whether it's hardware, commonly networking, or also software. And they also all have an interest in working in campus. Uh, some of them might already be employed on campus in a certain department. Even within Do It, we have students come through our program. So you're really positioning anybody who goes through all these classes to be a fully functional IT professional in most any 
arena that they might go into. Exactly right. And usually a student will come in with one particular area of interest in mind, so they'll fo focus either on core or on web. On occasion, we'll get students who want that breadth of experience, and they'll do both. Uh, it takes a little more effort, and of course, they have to be good students in one of the programs to get into the, the other programs, since space is limited. Um, but as long as they have the initiative and they can prove themselves in one of the sessions, we'll typically let them into another. Braden, thanks so much for coming in and chatting with us today. We really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, just a few other notes. Remember, it's stt.doit.wisstudy.du. Uh, we'll get you to the program page. Uh, it should be up to date as of this broadcast with all of our upcoming courses. Uh, if you have an interest in any special topic or any of the future sessions, um, just shoot an email off to uh, the address on that page. Well, thanks a lot, Braden. That's really great. Um, and the other person that we wanted to bring in here to have a chat with us is Don Fleischman, who's also one of the instructors over at Student Technical Training. Isn't that right, Don? Yeah, that's the name of the program. Excellent. And can you tell me a little bit about what your job is day to day and what you do with STT? STT is, uh, you know, just like the name says, it's a training program for any enrolled student here at the university, and we have a variety of flavors of that training where students come in in these what we call uh, like camp-style training. So they always happen when timetable classes aren't in session. So during so, the breaks, like winter break and during absolutely. the summertime. Yep. So it's always the, the one I do is always the first two weeks after classes get out, mm -hmm. the last two weeks before classes are back in session in the summer and then over the winter break. Yeah. So you're like us busy during SOAR. Right. Yeah. So and the one I currently do, though, I've taught in all of them is uh, the it's hardware, software, networking. So we it's, you know, nine days and about three days each. And those are all of the STT core classes, yeah, correct? Yeah, that's the, that's the core one curriculum. Right. How, how long have you been uh, doing the STT program? Um, almost 10 years. So a, a long time. And it's, it's a much different program because that is such a, you know, ever-changing landscape. It should be a different program every time we teach it, but it probably... You know, it takes a long time to change the curriculum, but it's it doesn't hardly even resemble what we did in the early days. So, so. were you there uh, from the inception of the program or just uh, shortly thereafter? Well, the program itself is much older than it's what I would call its modern era. There was a student technical training program with that title in the 1990s which actually looked much different than what we do. Whoever was running the program at that time came in and handed kids a this giant book and just kind of checked on them every week. The way it currently is configured, I think it's first started around 99 or 2000. So I wasn't there at the very beginning. But. And what were you um, teaching around that time versus now? Because now I'm sure you're talking about Windows 7 and a lot of newer technologies. What was, I mean, what was the software you were looking at? Well, the operating system lay of the land was, of course, much different. We had four Windows operating systems we had to cover in the course. We had to cover Windows 98, Windows NT4, Windows 2000, and really Windows XP right then. So we had four Windows OSs, and we didn't have any time for anything else. And actually, getting an environment created where we could look at all four of those OSs was a mess, really. It was it was actually much harder to teach the students to configure that environment than it was to actually 
work in the operating systems. You didn't do any Windows ME at all? Oh, no. Windows, <laughs> Windows ME a is a, it's a non-entity. It's not really an operating system that, you know, <laughs> they're, they're ever just... has any traction. So, And there wasn't, you know, the, and that's a good thing to talk about, too, because the operating systems that we teach are ones that we see reflected here on campus. And ME wasn't an OS that really had any install base on campus. But those other four really did. And mm-hmm. that's why... Now, when we talk about operating systems on the, you know, the two or three days we spend on it, now we still pretty much do four, but it's Windows XP, it's Windows 7, it's uh, Mac OS, and then Linux. So we want to know from the people that are employing these students, what do they see? And STT is a prerequisite for some, some jobs. Is yeah, that, there, that are certainly, there are certainly departments here on this campus that hire nobody but STT certified um, students. Hmm. Um, but there also are people that will hire and then send students. So one other thing with that about the survey part of it is that, so we do run our own internal survey, but it only really goes out to people we know are already employing STT students. We like to expand that group of employers. So we look at all of the the general surveys, try to get a hold of that data and take it into account when we're making our curriculum. So you said you've uh, you've taught all the different, you know, sections of, of STT. I get what, what would you say is your favorite part to teach or your, your the most interesting part for you to teach to uh, to students? Well, the most interesting part to me is probably not always the most interesting part to students. And that's the <laughs> the first day of networking. I love kind of teaching them about um, how TCP IP works and what are all these devices they see in a network? And the reason I really enjoyed is I know for certain or near certain most students that are coming, regardless of how they've done in the first week with the hardware networking, we get a lot of students who have built computers or installed OSs or play around with Linux. But we don't really get students who ever have a firm grasp of how a network works and how data moves around. So I know I'm giving them something brand new on that day. And I also feel like, you know, I like to demystify things. And there's a lot of mythology. There's a lot of misunderstanding about the way networks work because of what we call these different devices in our homes. We call this thing a router that, you know, connects to our DSL modem, or some people call their DSL modem the router. When routing is a specific technical thing that happens in a network. And that device is a router, but it's so much more. It does a a lot of other things. And I really like to kind of hopefully put those pieces together. And a lot of light bulbs come on on that day because we can be really clear. I mean, there's no mystery about how TCP IP works. So do you think um, with the basically the the use of all the IPv4 space, um, you're going to be transitioning to teaching IPv6 in the recent future? Oh, I think we absolutely are. This is going to be a challenge to figure out what does that look like, though. Um, As we go into IPv6, which is, you know, many more bits complicated, (laughs) uh, what can we teach them? You know, right now we can really teach them how to set up an address range. We can teach them how to assign static addresses. You don't have to know. You don't even have to know binary to do it. But IPv6 addresses are in hexadecimal. So, and, and so for the rest of our listeners who don't know what that is, that means that for every digit, 
you not only have from zero to nine, but you also have A, B, C, D, E, and F. So you basically as have... Le- as numbers. As numbers. Of, and, and that means that every digit you have 16 possibilities. So that means we've got to add something else to our curriculum that we've kind of avoided. We're not a computer science class, so... And you're not a math class either. And we're not a math class. And so with, with TCP-IP version 4, or maybe what we call garden variety TCP-IP... IP you know, addresses as people yeah, know right. them today. They, they look like numbers you know. Mm-hmm. 144.92.15. And they're easy to say and make up. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, no. and they make logical sense because they're numerical. They're in what's called base 10 for all you math and CS nerds. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> and so that means that they're regular numbers and easy for people to understand, but these new addresses are not. And, and I'm just, I'm, I haven't totally figured out this whole thing, so I'm trying to tease your brain here a little bit about what, what you know. Well, I mean, to the question of teaching it is, A, we've got more on the front end now. B, it actually is a little, how should I say this, less easily personally configurable as IP version 4 It's less easy for the average person on the street to do by themselves. Right. Well, and actually, you need a lot of software involved that handles a lot of these transactions. Um, With IP version 4, as long as you have working TCP IP software on your machine and you've got working devices, you can really control the traffic. But with IPv6, there's a lot more front-end knowledge to make that work and um, just a more complicated kind of scheme for moving data around. So, Yeah, tech skills are kind of just becoming life skills at this point. I think uh, I, I can't think of any... You know, possible tech skill that you could have that an employer would be like, well, you probably don't need that. I think uh, I think it's definitely useful to know what you're talking about, at least you know in in the tech world now. Well, it's so useful you might not want to tell people you actually have these. <laughs> yeah, <skills. that's>, especially <laughs> your parents and your uh, grandparents. Oh don't, yeah, don't. you will be. I don't know what a router is. What right. are you talking about? But grandma? it might help. You know, every time <laughs> I go to a relatives, if I really don't want to talk with them, I can hey, just. Hey Dan, like, you can set this up for <laughs> me, right? <laughs> so. Um, no, there. You name the job. There's something for you to do technically with it. As I was saying, we've been doing this for ten years. You know, let's say, and this is actually less than we used to do. Forty-five core students a year for ten years. That's four hundred and fifty, and I would probably at least a hundred. At least a hundred on this campus, and I see a dozen every day within. Yeah. My, shouting distance of my office and they're extremely talented people and great students and hard workers and we are so happy to have them we have many graduates who work for us in the tech store too Mm -hmm. right we have people from the stt program that have good positions at nearly every tech company you can name we know of people that keep in touch with us that now work at intel now work at cisco now work at peoplesoft work at oracle these are all folks that came through the room. But we're really proud that we have people, too, who are, um, you know, I run into this lady because she's got a, a not-for-profit here in town, but mm-hmm. is really having that core training enhances what she does for that not-profit, even though she's not the tech person for it. Yeah. So, But, but you, it, if you have the knowledge and the background, it makes understanding the technology and what you can do with the technology so much easier and so much more powerful. Sure. It gives you a, you least have a lens by which to, no matter what discipline you go into, to understand what's going on with all this stuff. Don Fleischman, joining us in studio. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. All right.
Yeah, thanks very much, Don, for being here with us in the studio. And thank you out there for listening in to Do It Live, the most connected radio show on the planet. And uh, right before we go to break here, we want to we wanna have a call to arms. We want you guys to, uh, to call in and uh, say hello. You can call us. You can email us. You can text us. You can do just about everything. We've got 16 different ways for you to get in touch with us. Check, them, check all of those out on the website, doit.wisc.edu forward slash radio. Uh, give us a call or text us right now, 608-515-8768. That's 608-515-8768. Or email us at radio at doit.wisc.edu. Again, that's radio at doit.wisc.edu. We've got uh, Stump the Geek coming up later in the show, so we need some questions from you guys out there. Try to stump us. Try to stump any geek here. We we will see if you can win. And if you do successfully stump us, or hey, even if you, you know, uh, contact us in any way, you might win a prize. And today's prize is actually your choice of two $25 gift certificates from a retailer that sells retail things. Stuff. Stuff. A, stuff yeah. and things. So contact us and let us know. If you, do you have an idea for a show? Do you have a question for us? Please contact us right away. We're going to be right back with more Kelly Johansson, more STS, awesome. and more fun stuff for you.
Ted. Wisconsin. You may not hear about them on the news, but they are devastating the lives they touch. You can help the victims of disasters in Wisconsin with a financial gift to your local Red Cross chapter, the Badger Chapter. Your gift will provide people suffering from disasters with shelter, food, counseling, and other help. So please, contact your local Red Cross today. Together, we can save a life. Call 608-233-9300. A message brought to you in part by the Red Cross and WSUM 917 Madison, the snake on the lake. <laughs> the artistic ideal is far more important than personal difference. And welcome back to Do It Live. We're here in studio with Kelly Johansson, our special guest today from STS. How you doing? Miss Johansson. Oh, I got to turn you on. Here we go. That's much better. <laughs> I'm still awesome. Yes, you are still awesome. And uh, in fact, we'd love to have you continue in that vein and have you read our disclaimers. We've got three disclaimers that we must read every oh, show. Oh, I didn't realize I had to read these. Oh, you don't have to read them. I can read them if you want. Well, I can try number one and then I'll let you do the last ones. <laughs> okay. Should I use a radio voice? Okay. Oh, yeah. You're on the radio, the so you should. The opinions expressed on this program do not reflect the views of WSUM, the University of Wisconsin-Madison, or its Board of Regents. Wow. That's Thank you. Nice. That yes. was my radio uh, you know voice. What? You know what, Adam? I quit. You, you can. You, she's, she's much better than I am. You can <laughs> replace me with her right now. Nice. All right. Our second disclaimer is products and services provided by the Division of Information Technology, a.k.a. Do It, and other university departments, as well as drawings, as Ty just mentioned, and giveaways may only be available to students, faculty, staff, or those currently affiliated with UW-Madison. And our third and final disclaimer is participants of this broadcast may offer opinions or recommendations. However, they do not endorse, nor has any consideration been provided on behalf of the products or services discussed. So we are fully disclaimed, everybody. Good job. Thank you. So, Kelly, mm -hmm. um, welcome. Thank you for being here. I'm excited to be here. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do and what your department does generally? Sure. I manage a program on campus called Software Training for Students, which provides go-figure technology training to many students here at the University of Wisconsin, about 25,000 a year. Wow. Yes. And, uh, and it's far more than just software that you teach as well, correct? We do. We teach hardware and, um, you know, basic web languages as well. Um, those are probably some of our biggest draws. Yeah, and as as uh, we heard Don and Braden talk about STT, which is not really your group exactly, but they teach networking as well. Right. We don't, um, the STT program requires interviews and and all sorts of fun things to get into and, and only can teach o over um, 
you know, 15 people a semester, something like that. We teach every night and every day, um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe 15 classes or so a day, um, ranging from, we teach a lot in the mornings and the afternoons for professors and something we call custom technology workshops um, inside the classroom with technology re relating to degrees. And then uh, in the evening, we also have our basic seminar courses that are, you know, any, range from anywhere from Photoshop 1 to HTML to PHP. The list is endless. Wow. Um, I got a question here from somebody on our chat. Uh, they they say, wow, this is this is cool. Um, how how much are the classes? They are free. What? I free, know. Free you of say? cost. So long as you are a tuition-paying student. Oh, that's well, awesome. There, yes. there are a few of those around, I think. Right. Yeah. I actually have one of my friends uh, took a bunch of STS classes to kind of um, further his education and uh, increase, like, his skills on the resume. Right. And they... Is he more geeky than you know? Yeah, he's... Yeah, I know. He's even more <laughs> geeky. <laughs> so, so of the classes that you teach, what, uh, what are your favorite... What are your favorite classes to teach? Oh, you know, I would have to say ACID. <laughs> Is amazing. Oh, acid. So that's uh, music man, creation I remember, software. I remember yes. acid, man. <laughs> no, 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 Wait, no, 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 no. No, no. I was talking about the music software. That's like beats it and is, loops right? and all that stuff. That's one of the funnest or most fun, I should say, um, programs to teach just because we can have a, a beat making competition by the end of the class. Um, iMovie is also really fun because you get to create things. Yeah, and that's the really cool thing about today's technology is all of these computers, including the new MacBook Pros that just came out, come with all of this software that lets you do stuff with your photos, your video, your audio, right. websites. And all you have to do is learn how to use it. And we come to you for that. How yes. convenient. That's amazing. I know. Actually, uh... No, you're good. Since you have, uh, you know, so much knowledge in many different things, we actually oh have a question. <gasps> oh. uh, would, you, would you mind answering this question? I can try. Yay. Is there any way that I can share project files with group members uh, besides using a flash drive? Well, of course there is. <laughs> there is a service that Campus provides, an online service called My Web Space. Um, I believe it is mywebspace.wisc.edu. That's correct. Mm -hmm. And it's just like using a USB or hard drive. It provides storage for every UW student, except it's on the Internet. So as long as you have an Internet connection, you can log on with your NetID and upload files there and give your group members permission to download it and let the file sharing commence. <laughs> <laughs> Legal, totally legitimate file sharing yeah. yes, we want course. to emphasize. Yeah. We do not share MP3s of no, <laughs> no. like that. And, and in fact, um, for the folks who care about this, our website is actually hosted on my web space in a group section, which is something your department can set up if you've got a group or something like that. But um, it works great, and, and yeah, we I'm going to use it very shortly. Yeah, we use it all the time just to bring files to classes, and you know, if mm -hmm. we want to... Bring a already created Excel spreadsheet to an Excel class. We can sometimes use my web space to bring it there. It's kind of like a flash, uh, fr excuse me, a flash drive, but in the cloud, in the exactly. in the local UW cloud. Oh. Now with my web space too, can't you like issue tokens to people outside the campus community and have them expire after a certain amount of time? Ooh, Matt Rock, you can send someone a link. Our on-air producer with an excellent question. That was an intense question, but yes, yes, you can. <laughs> yeah, so that you don't necessarily have to be a part of the UW community to use my web space because we can magically through the the power of technology let sh folks who we designate with a certain email address correct get into our my web space all right so i have a two-part sts question part number one mm -hmm. what is the uh what is the most popular sts class out there that you see most people signing up for and part number two 
how would one sign up for said STS class? Again, great questions. Um, I would say that the most popular courses we teach at night, which the general public, or I shouldn't say the general public, but the students could register for are Dreamweaver 1 and Excel 1, um, shortly followed by, I would say, Access 1 and uh, maybe HTML. And to sign up for these classes, you could easily access our website at wisc.edu backslash STS, um, go into the STS courses or the STS calendar, choose what technology you're wanting to learn, and sign up. So you don't even have to you know, call up or talk to anybody. You can just do this all online right? real quick and easy? Super tech savvy at that's, STS. That's awesome. That's amazing. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> like I did it myself. No. Nice. <laughs> and so apart from ACID, what other kinds of classes do you teach? You know, we teach all of the Adobe Creative Suite. Um, well, I shouldn't say all of it, but most of it, uh, including Premiere, which is a newer class for us. Uh, we teach Dreamweaver, Photoshop, you know, all that good stuff that's in the Adobe Suite. Then the HTML, CSS, getting your website online. So that's the server technology type of stuff. We do even teach WordPress, um, all of the Microsoft Office. Um, so you're teaching the next Zuckerbergs everything they need to know. Exactly. Ooh, I know. <laughs> Isn't that great? Have you ever heard of any like students that you know have been through STS classes? You know, start up something neat or or makes you know use their skills with STS to make something cool? Any? Um, you know, unfortunately, we don't get a lot of feedback from students afterwards. We um, just teach so much and so frequently that it's hard to, to follow up. But when we do teach for professors, there are some amazing videos that come out of it. I haven't heard of any except for the entrepreneurship <laughs> class that, that actually makes uh, businesses. We have, a, we have a couple of hosts here at WSUM who use the My Web Space and actually will build a web page with all of the audio clips that they're going to use for their show and mm -hmm. literally using Dreamweaver to take and put them all onto little buttons on a single page, and then they come in, and they sit down, and they click open up a, a web one web page in their web space. Wow. That and they have everything on hand that they need to play for their show. Sports guys, we use that quite a bit. I saw I was, I was using that. Why am I not doing this? Why am I not making my life easier? Yeah, come oh, on. I need to take a class. That's oh. right. <laughs> yep. I can't. I'm not a student, because you, your particular department only teaches students, We right? do only teach students. But we also have professional and technical education, who's sort of the larger umbrella group around you folks. Right. And they, they have teach. classes for the regular public and faculty and staff. Yep. They charge a fee, but it is uh, they're an awesome group of people who teach some amazing classes. That's very, very cool. And, and now, again, you said uh, most of the classes, where, where are most of the classes? Uh, well, they're all over Just campus. all over? Yeah. Um, in the evenings, they typically run either in college library or down in the basement of computer sciences. Otherwise, if we're teaching for professors anywhere on campus okay. well, that has computers. That's really neat. Okay. And most of the most of the classes, did you say, are at night, or are they uh, just kind of all, you know, I mean, I guess for students? Mm -hmm. Most of the ones that um, you can just sign up for on our website are between 6 and 8 p.m. They're usually two hours long on Monday through Thursday, and then on Friday they run from about 2 to 4. And then on the weekends we have in-a-days where you could learn all the technology you need in a day. Wow. Yeah. In an entire day? Well, like Dreamweaver, in a day. <laughs> or really? HTML, in a day. I've heard about this. So how, is it like a, a six or eight hour class? It is a five and a half hour long class, yes. Have you ever taught one of those? Are they tough to teach? <laughs> I have not taught an, taught an in a day. <laughs> I suppose by then you're like, student trainers well, okay, it's on the weekend and you have a day yeah. job and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, Kelly Johansson, thank you so much. Hey, uh, we'll probably have a little bit more for, uh, from you here. We'll still have you in the studio a little bit later. We're going to take another quick break. Uh, now, before we do, I want to make sure everybody knows this. We've got Stump the Geek going on. We've got two $25 gift certificates to give away today to a retailer 
uh, of your choice uh, from two yes from uh, two retailers we, we don't like to mention things on the air unnecessarily exactly but, but it's it's well-known retailers you can maybe get a coffee at one of them we, yeah so so call us up give us a call 608-515-8768 or email us radio at do it.withstudy.du again that's radio at do it.withstudy.du and there are uh, you know 27 million other ways to get in contact with us on on do it that we said you forward slash radio so check out our website keep with us it's do it live Watching Jurassic Park. What are you doing? You're watching Jurassic Park. You stand on the shoulders of giants. All right, we're back with Do It Live. Thanks everybody for tuning in. And now we've got our secondly, second crit- critically acclaimed part of the show, Stump the Geek. That's right, sir. We've got a caller on the phone and a real well, live caller. And we do. His name is Brent. And Brent, can you hear us? And can we hear you? Hi. Hello, sir. Hey, what's thanks, up? Thanks for calling our little radio program here. Yeah, no problem. And uh, so what's your question to try and stump the geeks here? My question was, um, in the Pine email client, how do you change your from column to to? 
What? Okay. Wow. Wait, okay, so we have to call a technical timeout here because people probably have no idea what Pine is. But Pine, for those of you who use Unix, is an email program, and it's all text-based. So back before we had Windows, back in, like, the days of DOS, if you can imagine yourself like that, it's a way to read email in the land of something that's DOS-esque or by command line. Wow. So, so uh, Brent, you wanted to know how to change the from to to? Oh, oh my gosh! Okay, is, is is it something in a shell script file somewhere? Do you do you know the answer? Or uh, you, yeah. You... Oh, that's good. <laughs> oh, that's he awesome. knows the answer. That's even I'm better. Does it have something to do with your dot bash rc file? Mm, I don't think I edited any file. No. Oh. oh. Is it in the main setup config? Oh, it's not. I don't think it's in a file that I know of. No, 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 no. Jesse's asking you if it's in the main setup config page. Oh yeah. Oh. I think. Oh. So. We've got a winner. Is it? Did, did Jesse? Did Jesse successfully? Uh, what? Brent, is that correct? Is it the main setup page? I don't. I don't know enough. Top. <laughs> oh no! I think we stumped everybody. Oh, we, we and, and, and to be totally honest, I you know I, I think I used Pine once, and it may have been approximately twelve years ago. <laughs> um, oh boy! I so I honestly don't that. know. I I found information about how you can. Um, do some other things. Do some but there's, there, <laughs> but there's, a, there's a main setup program to actually modify a few options that doesn't require command line configuration. Oh, wow. That's for wimps, though. <laughs> we not, might not all be able to help with that. We use mutt. Oh, oh no. That's why. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess, I guess, Brent, you are the winner today. So hang on the line, and we'll get all your information here. Yeah, we'll get those, here. Uh, get those, uh, <laughs> get yeah. those gift certificates. Of your choice, out to you. Thanks very much for calling in today. Yeah, hang on a sec. We'll be right with you. Thanks. All right. And still in studio with us, still beautiful, Kelly Johansson. <laughs> and software training for students. Yes, I am still here. So what do you think is the most valuable course that somebody could take if they could just take one of your classes if they only had time in the semester? What's something you'd recommend for anybody? One course. Oh, man, that's a that's a good question. I guess I would probably choose something along the lines of our web portfolios class, which is just, it's really simple. It's an hour-long class that can teach you how to set up basically a WordPress for artists or mu musicians or anybody who wants to put their portfolio online. I, right? I hear WordPress is the new hotness out there. Yeah, you know, it's just so simple to use, so... Mm -hmm. I, I got to yeah. try me that one of these days. I have a site that's uh, running on WordPress. It's not not one that I set up, but it's one that uh, kind of was set up and I admin now, and it's mm. actually very nice and easy. Yeah, yeah, I like it. It's it's for the one of the one of the groups on campus here that and I'm involved with. But it's very yeah, it's very cool, very nice and easy. And what, what about something like Dreamweaver? I mean, yeah, it's... I mean that's also a very useful program. Obviously, um, it just doesn't have that user interface that you don't have to know code or you sure. don't have to. Sure. You know, Dreamweaver does write the HTML for you, but it's not perfect. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Some of us old timers like to base code our HTML. Yeah, I like I to too. get in there. And did, did you use the ones or the zeros? Oh, I <laughs> used both of them together. Well, I do think that there are some uh, extensions for Dreamweaver that make Dreamweaver compatible with theme files for WordPress. Right. So you would actually be able to take and bring your your presentation from WordPress into Dreamweaver and deal with it more in a in a GUI situation. Right. If you wanted to change the CSS or styles or anything like that. Yep. Now, I heard something also about there's a service that you guys offer called Ask a Trainer. Yes. Can you can you tell us a little bit about that one? I can. Ask a Trainer is yet another amazing service. Um, it provides 
help one-on-one -on -one to students in three different ways. One is via email. You can email in your question if you're working on a project. Uh, two is through chat. So if you have you know, an, an instant question that you need to answer. And three is our biggest um, Ask a Trainer service, which is one-on-one -on -one appointments that you can make with a trainer. Um, say you're working on a website or you're working on a video for a class, you can come in and meet with a trainer and they can help walk you through the creation of said project um, until it's perfect and you're ready to turn it in, really. Wow, that's really neat. Yeah. That's really cool. We had, um, I don't know, maybe 10 people in our office this morning getting help from trainers, so that was nice. Oh, very cool, very cool. Keeps us busy. All right. <laughs> Jesse, do you have any questions? <laughs> he looks he looks well, and, and like the thing he wants that to we should also tell folks is that Jesse is not a, a novice to this subject. He actually teaches the second STT core class, uh, which is heavily evolved around networking and servers and all that sort of stuff. So he knows I didn't a lot know too. That. Oh yeah. That's awesome. So. Yep, I get to work with uh Braden and um Don, Don Watt, as yeah. well as mm -hmm. Brad who helps out with uh, uh core um STT core one. Right. So. That's pretty awesome. I did want to mention while I'm still here, just one last service that STS has. Hey, you can plug anything you want. <laughs> Thanks. It's just um, we provide online training through a service. Well, we actually pro we provide access to a service called lynda.com, which provides video training on, I don't know, some sort of 800 technologies, softwares, that sort of thing. Um, through our website, if you go on and click on online training, uh, you can have access to lynda.com and then also all the manuals for our classes. So if you need that instant just in time training, um, or just need to figure out, um, you know, something quick. It's a great way to go about it. And actually, a lot of people uh, that I know have used Linda. dot com, and they they love it. Yeah, it's again one of our big draws. Just access to Linda. Yeah, Linda is <laughs> such a nice lady. She's so helpful. Oh, mm -hmm. she is. She's she's so nice. <laughs> You all realize that you have more wires on the counter than <laughs> any other show. Well, we that, are the most technically connected radio show in the planet. This is here at WSULM. <laughs> we <laughs> you just have this like pile of equipment and computers and laptops and coiled cables. Yeah, we should, we should go around the horn um, because uh, people probably are interested to know. We have each of the hosts here have a laptop. I personally have a 15-inch MacBook Pro, which is now out of date. Thanks, as of today. Oh. Ty, what do you got in front of you? I have a, a Dell Latitude E6500. Mm, so with, you're, you're a Windows man. Here. I'm, I'm the Windows. I'm a Windows guy. You know, I, I used to, I used to hate on Macs when I went you know, beginning of college. Uh, I was like, eh, Macs, brush. Operating system, you know, Fisher Price operating system. Give me the. <laughs> I want to, you know, I want to get in deep. I want to get the command line. Blah 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 blah. You know, but I, I. Uh, my tolerance has has you know increased <laughs> for Mac, uh, but I I am more of a Windows side guy. But it, I troubleshoot just go. about everything. Kelly, what do you use? You know, my laptop. Computer? Well, my primary computer. I just have an iMac on my desk. Yeah. Um, but my laptop is a MacBook Air, which not a lot of Ooh, people have. Yeah. That's kind of nice. Oh, like solid state hard drive. And Jesse has also a MacBook Pro. Is yeah, that right? older MacBook Pro. Uh, Maybe I can get some uh, Thunderbolt. But, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you have a PCI Express slot in that thing? Or, uh, sorry, not a PCI Express. Uh, what yes. is it? The, um, um, that thing that we don't remember. <laughs> That's okay. Ex uh, express express card. Express card. Yeah. You know, the only thing bad about Thunderbolt that I've been reading is that you actually have to hold a sword over your head and say, I have the power before, <laughs> before it'll actually work. So... Oh, Just FYI Lord. to those people out there. That would make computing much more fun. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, the thing isn't working. Well, ma'am, you? is it on? Yes, it's on. Did you hold your sword up uh, above your head? <laughs> yes. Did you scream, I have the power? <laughs> no. Were you, well, you were supposed to. Did you read the operating manual? 
Well, if, if if you guys are all going down around the room and throwing down here, yeah. What, what do you got, Matt? Right, yeah. our on-air producer now, now, and director now, of communications. Do I, do I throw down personally, or do I throw down for WSUM? Um, well, seeing as how one of you, one one of your hosts here pretty much designed the uh, the computer cluster that yeah, we have. That's at WSUM, also Jesse so. who did that. Absolutely. So we are talking. So yeah, what is it? Seven seven Power Edge servers Ooh. in Iraq. We have I think twenty five workstations, all with dual yeah. monitors, and then we have the. Uh, 10 studio machines, which is what you're yeah. hearing a lot of your audio coming off of right now. They're all custom you, built by Rads. Yeah, and what do you use personally? What do I use personally? Yeah. I, I, I hang on Windows only because I'm so busy trying to get information that I just don't feel like I want to take the time to bring myself up to speed in any other platforms. Mm, but wow. I'm definitely not an OS hypocrite by any, mind, oh, by any means. Well, everybody, time has flown by. The hour is over. Kelly, thank you so much for coming and joining us. It's been a blast. Hey, I had a great time. Hey, great. Uh, thanks so much to my fellow co-hosts, Ty and Jesse, gentlemen. As always, it's a blast. So Yeah. I have the power. You have, <laughs> Ty's got the power. And we, we'd like to thank us uh, for the people who give us the power to make this broadcast. That's our management team at the Division of Information Technology. Perry Brunelli, Edward Hoover, Brian Kister, Jack Leepak, Ty Leto, Neil Mack, Howie Mead, Mark Nessel, Brian Rust, and Bill Zimmerman. Our Director of User Services is Kathy O'Brien. Dewitt's Chief Operating Officer is John Krogman. And our Interim CIO and Vice Provost for Information Technology is Joanne Berg. Today's broadcast was produced by Sandy Cyberlick and produced and engineered by Adam Wiesenfarth. Our associate producers are Ty Christian and Laura Grady, assisted by Dan Collins, Matthew Siriani, and the Nate, Harrison, Weber, and Zastro. Our on-air producer and director of e-communications is Matt Rockwell. Our staff photographers are Chris, uh, Chris Ugariza and Rick Keir, and our theme music is from Conan. The executive producer of Do It Live is Jesse LeGrew. Next week, we're going to talk with Dale Carter about networking and IPv6. We'll see you then.
WSUM 91.7 FM, Madison, and streaming worldwide on WSUM.org.